<laughs> Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Hello everyone and welcome to the Experts Podcast. Nick Hayes here. Hello Lana Hill. Hello Nick Hayes. Yes, good. Got you singing <laughs> finally. Hey, um, how are you feeling? You, you Excellent. Ha- you happy? I'm sharp. Sharp? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty pretty dang good today. Excellent. Well, there's a little company out there that's all about happiness. It's Happiness Co. Yeah. And I tell you what, if you're in Western Australia and you haven't met this fella and uh, and haven't seen his always good looking shoes, it's <laughs> Julian Pace from Happiness Co. How are you, Julian? Mate, I'm well. Thank you so much for the intro. And also, I love every time I see you make mention to my shoes. It gives me shoe confidence every time I have a shoe. Shoe rack. I'm like, what shoe am I putting on today for Nick? Well, look, what I what I do most times when I'm you know when I am thinking of you, Julian, you are sort of the when I think you know when you're in weight loss campaigns when you've got the before and after photo. <laughs> I'm the before and you're the after. I appreciate right? that. So there you That's go. Nice. Aspirational, yeah, I think, well, is what you're looking for there, Nick. Yeah, if only I could lose a couple of kilos and could pull it off like Julian does. Julian, let's talk about Happiness Co. Um, I don't think there has ever been a time. In, in our history, in, even in the last, last 100 years, where mental health, mental well-being has been at the very, very focus of just about everybody that is out there. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, what you do, and how you do it. Yeah, so you're right, mate. There's never been a time in, in, in life where people's happiness and mental health is at the forefront of what they do. And, and it doesn't matter how old you are or what you've been through or where you work. I, I think we all know this, that mental health does definitely not discriminate. Mm. Uh, by money, by gender, by by race, it, it really is a, is a is a challenge for most people. And yeah. over the last three years, we've had an incredible journey here at Happiness Co. But this last obviously six months has been uh, an incredible opportunity for us to make a difference in industry that maybe we haven't been working in. Mm. Uh, and we work predominantly in the preemptive space. So if you think about mental health being a traffic light system, red being crisis management, ah. suicide prevention, you know, clinical intervention. That's the red. The orange is the, the you know, the awareness-based campaigns to get you thinking about the are you okay? Start yep. to uh, bring more awareness to the challenges around mental health. Sure. And Happiness Co works in the green, which is the everyday tools that you make, uh, you use, sorry, and the choices that you make to live a happier life. So in your health, your career, your relationships, your finances and yourself, if, if we can start taking individual responsibility for these choices – then we start to build and shape a, a happier life for ourselves. That's a great analogy. Why don't we do more in the green zone? Why don't we do more in the green zone so we don't get to the red zone? This pe- honestly, my general consensus is people are lazy. It's same, <laughs> same why people don't get up in the morning and go to the gym. Fair. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like I wait until I've got to go to that wedding and fit into that dress or I've got to wait until I fit into that suit. It ha- needs to be for a reason for me to change. And I just don't think that people have tapped onto as much as that your life can be so much better than how you feel right now if you actually start making better choices towards it. And yeah. you don't have to make big choices. People think that these larger, audacious goals that are little mm. things. You know, I, I'm a big one on this, relationships. There's a lot of people that are in love with their partner that are no longer happy in love. Very common. You know, I've now yeah. worked with about 85,000 people. Mm. And what you realize, it's more common than you think. So you love your partner. Mm. 
but you're no longer happy in the environment of love. Yeah, I hear that. Mm. And, you, and we all go through it, right? These ebbs and flows of our relationships. But the biggest thing I see is we're never willing to have the hard conversations. Hard conversations, easy life. Easy conversations, hard life. So we are very good <laughs> at having the easy conversations with people. Yep. Around our own health, our own happiness, our you know, with our partners. And then before you know it, these things stack and we suppress. As, as people, we stack our problems or we push them aside. And before you know it, it's like a storm and teacup. So true. Now, you've got a, an amazing story as to how you've got to where you are right now. How are you though, mate? I mean, because you deal with this on a daily basis. You're thinking this minute by minute. How do you cope with it? What are the mechanisms? What are the tools you use to, to cope with your mental health and well-being? Yeah, great question. There's two things I, I probably focus on more than anything uh, where I put my solid time and attention, self-care yep. and self-esteem. And the, the first one's quite obvious, self-care, looking after yourself. Yep. And these, again, decisions to making yourself feel better. Uh, and that could be journaling, meditating, yoga, walks on the beach, but you know, unwavering commitment to the cause though. So when you're working with a lot of sad, lonely people, and you know, sometimes I hear the the most heartbreaking uh, stories from people, you mm. know, from rape to suicide to sexual assault to physical abuse to substance abuse, it takes a really heavy toll on your own psyche, your own I soul. Bet. So one thing is self care. The second thing I said, which I think is really important, is self esteem, which is how I feel about myself, um, and that's really important to me. So when I go to bed at night, am I proud? Uh, am I feeling fulfilled? Uh, am I making them good choices I talked about? Do I believe that um, I was looking after my friends and family? Was I contributing to making the world a little better? But most importantly, was I making myself feel good? And what I've worked out in this time with happiness go especially is happiness does, doesn't come from what you have. It always comes from who you are. Mm. So pleasure comes from what you have. Pleasure, new phones, new cars, new opportunities. We all have that need for that pleasure. Uh, and pleasure gives you dopamine. But yep. happiness also gives you dopamine, which I believe is sustainable by fulfillment, which is how you feel about yourself. Mm. So for to answer the question, Nick, I think that for me, it's, it's self-care and making sure that's a priority yep. and making sure I like the person I am. Because, you know, for me, my, you mentioned my own story before. Well, let's, so, just, let's talk mm, about your story. Mm. How, how did you get to here? Because um, it's a story I've heard before. I've, I've been in, in an audience. Um, talk, talk to us about your story. Yeah, so... Growing up, dropped out of school when I was 13 years old because I can't read and I can't write. So I suffer severely with dyslexia. So for the people listening, if you're not familiar with that, it was really hard. I had no memory of what I was reading. I couldn't remember the things or the information I was trying to learn. So mm. I really started to struggle with my learning ability. And when you're not like other kids at school, you know, the one thing that we all want is to fit in. So and, true. And be like everybody else. And yep. before I knew it, I was different. And I couldn't understand why, because my brothers and sisters could read. Wow. Um, and then kids teased me. They called me dumb. They called me stupid. They called me an idiot. And, you know, in life, we believe the things that people say about us. And self-esteem is so important. Yeah. And before I knew it, that doubt, that self-worth, that fear crept in of not being good enough. And then I just honestly gave up. So I dropped out of school and I became a garden bin disposal guy. That was my first job. Right. For four <laughs> years. A garden bin disposal guy. Yeah, you know, you, do you know what that is? Yeah, I have no idea. So it's the garbage guys that take away your lawnmower oh, clippings yeah, and your leaves. The yeah, the bag, okay. oh, the God. bag, of the mesh bags. Yes, that was my job for four years. That's yeah. actually kind of cool job. It wasn't bad. It was yeah. very therapeutic. But the best <laughs> thing about the job though was that I was absolutely invisible. 
No one teased me. No one bullied me. No one picked on me. Yeah. Um, and before you know it, you kind of recognize that no one actually wants to be invisible. Yeah. And I'd go pick up my brother and sister from school with my mum and I'd see them playing with their friends and asking to go on play dates and having friends over. And I was like, I hey. knew there was something I was missing out on, but I was too scared to try for it. Yeah. And then g- growing up, my dad was a big part of that. He was really big on, you know, me recognizing that there was more to life than being an A-grade student. What was more important was being an A-grade person. Yeah. Being kind, being loving, contributing to the world. Uh, and he'd always say this to me, be better tomorrow than you were today. Yeah. And I really understood what he was trying to tell me as a young man. And his belief in me definitely gave me a sense that I could be more than what I believed I was. Yeah. And I think for all parents listening, uh, you would understand the power of belief. Totally. Uh, and he was at times a trophy dad for me. I was very grateful. Uh, but my life changed when I turned about 19, I say, and he changed. So it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with him. And uh, long story short, I ended up losing my father to suicide on my 21st birthday. Uh, mm. And it was probably the hardest individual moment I've ever faced because it was so immediate and so instant. Uh, and what I mean by that was the, the way I felt. It's like the whole world went black, logically, like the whole world just seemed to go dark on me. And then mm. there was two raging emotions that crippled my life from that moment on for the next kind of five years were shame and guilt. And shame and guilt are very different emotions. So shame is I'm a bad person and guilt is I've done something bad. Yeah, mm. I had this shame that I, I, I wasn't, I, I, I did him wrong. I didn't help him. I, didn't, I look, didn't look after him. And the reason why that happened was because me and my dad had an argument a few days before he died. So that shame was I'm not a good man to him and he's now gone. And then the second part was the guilt and living with that guilt about the choices that you made. And before you know it, you push away all the people that love you. You know, I turned to drugs and alcohol. And we've all heard this saying, misery loves company. Mm. <laughs> so, so I just true. filled my life with miserable and lonely and sad people, fell into terrible relationships um, and most importantly hurt good people along the way. But if I mean to be completely honest, but the person I hurt the most was myself. And yep. you know, from that man that recognised what my dad was trying to tell me about trying to be a good man, uh, completely forgot what that looked like. So what was the changing point for you? Where, where was where did the light bulb go off? When when did it click that I've got to do something about this? Yeah, there was there was two two defining moments, and I call these moments moments of impact. So moments of impact that can bring you incredible amounts of pain. Yeah. So that was losing my dad. So for anyone listening, there are moments that cause you immense pain in your life, heartbreak. Uh, that could be a breakup, a divorce, someone cheated on you, someone stole from you, you lose something that you care about. Uh, my, I guess my moments of impact that allowed me to look at my life because I was definitely playing a, a role of a victim mm. and a victim always needs a villain. <laughs> you know, if you think about a superhero movie. So true. Yeah, my, yep. and my victim was me and my villain was my dad. My, wow. my villain was my life. You know, everyone was out to get me. Yeah. So I blamed everyone else but me. Mm. I complained about everything and how unlucky my life was. And then I justified my poor behavior, the drugs, the alcohol, the people I spent time with, the poor choices I made and how I hurt others. Even my family, I justified why I hurt them because what I, I was hurting. And I, I love this saying, it's really powerful. Hurt people, hurt people. Mm. Yeah. When you are hurting in life, you hurt the ones that you care about with sometimes without even knowing or sometimes without care. So a defining moment that changed it was uh, an argument I had with my mum once. And uh, it, it just I became really aggressive, um, not physically, but verbally. Mm. And I could see there was something, it's really hard to uh, give the exact clarity on what it was, but it was something to do with the way that she looked, who was her eyes. Yeah. It was just this deep sense of heartbreak. 
Uh, and if you ask my mum about this particular moment, uh, she was so fearful and so sad that she thought that was the last time she was ever going to see me because oh. she was so terrified I was going to self-harm because I was such in a bad place. And But what she was trying to do, because she had given me such nurture and love in that four to five years to try and support me, but this time around it was different. She was going more of a tough love angle. So imagine your mum for five years trying to support you in your misery, being that nurturing, caring, compassionate person. That's, that's who she is. Mm. And she's like, this is, not, this is not working. He's not getting any better. He's getting worse. Yeah. And actually I'm probably supporting the behaviour by being Enabling a little soft. It. Yeah. Little, you know, I get it. You've lost your yeah. dad. And then this time I came home, she was tough love and I didn't respond well to it. Mm. And uh, in that moment, she realized that she was probably going to lose me. And I had never been so angry at my mom. But wow. I realized in that moment when I left, I stormed at the house. And I was in my mind, I was never coming back either. And I remember being in my car holding the steering wheel and I was shaking. And I just started crying. And I looked at myself in the mirror. And I was angry at my mom, but I realized I was actually just terribly, terribly angry at myself. Yeah. yeah. And it's like all these kind of moments started flashing back about all the poor choices I had made to that moment. Wow. I think, I think when you're a victim, you're very selfish. Yeah. yeah. You only see your own existence. Wow. That, that, that is incredibly powerful, Julian. And I just think that let's move this forward because it, it, it's Happiness Co. that is your business and it is all about happiness. Um, that, that's, you know, that, that's quite emotional. I, what is it that you're seeing? Is this pandemic that we're experiencing here today, is that the the big bully in the room, is that putting more pressure and impact on people's well-being, mental health, well-being? Are they feeling, Is it? have you ever seen a moment like this with the people that you work with that are experiencing far more than maybe they've ever had? Yeah, the, the people love certainty. Yeah. And you take certainty away from people, you create chaos and fear. So true. And, 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 un, and uncertainty, which is anxiety. And a lot of people link, I reckon, their happiness again to what they do and what they have. Yeah. As little as going to the pub on the weekend with their friends. Yeah. Yep. And that's truly not happiness. That's pleasure. Again, that's what I mentioned before. But when you link your happiness to the things that you do in your life, the roles that you play, and if you lose your job and you link, link all your happiness to your job, well, what happens then? If, if you link all your happiness to being a parent and you lose your children or your child, what happens then? Yeah. So a lot of people have this identity about what they do. Again, not the who, who they are. So to answer your question, Nick, I think that because of this COVID pandemic as such a lot of people have such overwhelming uncertainty yep and it causes them to think well who's going to help me now yeah who's going to make it better and as as you think about permission where permission comes from you remember when we were a kid at school we had to get permission to go to the toilet mm. you know yeah. where our whole life we've been asking for permission so true and when things go wrong we're looking for permission for someone to say this is what you need to do mm. nick this mm. is it nick yeah this is the this is the way you need to go and we quite often wait for someone to show us the way but then what happens is we end up being stuck in the middle and i've just seen that with the last kind of four four to five months with people people are so scared to make a choice in case it's the wrong one yeah yeah, getting paralysed by that uncertainty. I think that on the flip side, though, I, I mean, obviously, you know, our friends on the East Coast are struggling, you know, through one of the longest lockdowns, I think, in the world. Oh. But the I know for me, um, when Perth was locked down and you suddenly really, really appreciate everything in your life so much more than you did before and not I'm a I'm a I'm someone that practices gratitude and stuff like that a lot 
but you know, just something so simple as going to the beach with my kids or, mm. or being able to enjoy a dinner or whatever it was, everything actually got really clear about how lucky we are. And, you know, and also I think it simplified life a little mm. bit for a while, you know, it just, and we were talking about travel as well, Julian, you know, you got to enjoy the, the really early few weeks of your daughter's life, probably far more than you would have normally. Yeah. You, let's get to that point. You're a new dad yes, now. Well done. Congratulations. congratulations. Oh, Brooklyn Pace, her name is 14 weeks this oh, week. Beautiful little yeah. girl. Now, as a father myself, I remember the pressures and the late nights and the sort of, you know, the lack of sleep. <laughs> I don't think my company would be called happiness just quietly <laughs> right now. It would be called very sleep deprived very and quiet, you know, tired. <laughs> yeah. Sleep deprived is a good one. Yeah, you're right. But you know, you mentioned it before, the upside. The ups- there is always an upside there to everything. Is, and if certainly. you can find if you can find the silver lining in it all, yeah. for me, spending more time at home with my uh, newborn baby, like to me, I think you never get these moments back. No, Correct. So exactly. A- appreciate the moments that you have and every single person in life has different moments. If you can focusing on them. And I think it's a great limits test. Yeah. Is it not? Like COVID's a great limits test of the person that you believe that you are. You know how we hear about midlife crisis? You know, you go through a midlife crisis and people are like, what the hell am I doing with my life? This is your great forced midlife crisis. It's really true. Such a good point. See see it like that. It's like you've been stopped from doing the things that you've always done. Make this your mid-20 crisis or your mid-30 crisis and start reevaluating your life. Yeah. Late thirty crisis. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny though because it, when you know look, a lot of people are feeling the stresses and the pains of of you know whether that be financial employment all of those things. I, I was actually just sitting down last night with my kids while watching TV and I was I was looking at them and going, if I, if this was a normal year, I'd be at an awards ceremony in Sydney mm. right now, not with you guys. Yeah, not sitting down spending time. I would have had my ninth or tenth trip over east. Because that's just the way the nature of my business and the industry that it goes. But it's I have not departed. We've spent a lot of time together. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, granted, yes, from the West Coast, it's a lot easier to say mm. this than you might be thinking about it in Melbourne or even to lesser degree Sydney and, and, and Queensland. But it's like, God, um, you know, we have – this is your moment. This is your midlife crisis. You can make for it what you can. And you can almost – for those that were in a bit of a rut – could see this as a reset zone, to, you know, reset time as well, couldn't they? Because this is coming out of this, the opportunities are endless. I just think about what people complain about. We yeah. complain about we never have enough time. Yeah. Uh, and if you complain about you never have enough time, well, now you've got time. Yeah. So now we've got too much time. Uh, well, people complain about having too much time because I'm stuck at home with my family. Well, well if, if you make some, I'm big on this, if you make something a chore, yeah. It's exactly what it becomes. So yeah. true. So I think about get to have to. If you have to do something, and I, I laugh about this because it's like I went to uh, Auskick with my stepson. Um, or is it Auskick? Yeah, Auskick with my stepson a, a few weeks back and yeah. I was a bit hungover, a few too many wines the night Can before. I just tell you that most <laughs> mums and dads at Auskick on a Sunday morning <laughs> are hungover, so I, don't feel bad. No, I don't. I definitely had that dad guilt moment for a second. <laughs> But I, I remember started complaining in my head about going to kick, right? And then I remember watching him kick the football, thinking, these kids can't kick. And um, my missus told me, that's six, babe. And I'm like, also, I go for the Fremantle Dockers. They can't kick. Mate. Now I'm on the weekend watching my stepson, and they can't kick. And the, why I bring it up is, these should be moments I get to do, not have to do. Yeah. Yes. Get to do means that when you're at home and you're stuck in quarantine, well, light some candles up. Put a nice dress on, a nice suit on, and light some candles and have a beautiful three-course meal with your, your partner. Ugh. 
there's so many things that you get to do if you choose to look at it that way rather than, oh, these are the things that have been taken from me. And we love these three things when it comes to feeling uncertain. Loss, less, or never. I've lost something, I have less of something, or I'm never going to have it again. Yeah. And a lot of people have struggled with COVID because they associate where they are as loss, less, or never. Yeah, and I think I think you just you have a choice. Like there, there's so much of obviously coronavirus and and the lockdown. A lot of choice was taken away from us in one go. But the only, really, the only thing you can control is yourself, is your own mindset, and how you respond to a situation. And I've heard some um, incredible stories of people that have totally shifted career. A guy I know in in Melbourne actually has become a postie, even Mm. though he's a financial planner, he's got his um, MBA, he's incredibly smart dude, but for his mental health, because he needed to get out of the house and he can't operate in his other business, (laughs) he became a postie. And Mm. again, it was for mindset. It was discipline and being like, well, even though I would have probably thought you know, it's maybe not below him, but perhaps that's what he thought originally. I'm going to do it because I have to get out of the house and I have to think positively about myself and my choices. Have you you noticed at all that there's a bit of a a levelling playing field here, which is I think that's kept a lot of businesses honest. Yeah. And I don't think always business owners are honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes we lose sight of why we even started. (laughs) So I I have a lot of people came to me and said, you know, I tapped out of my business. Uh, And the reason why they tapped out is because they didn't want to fail. Yeah. So they didn't want to fail before COVID. They didn't want to be seen as a failure. Yeah. But if you want to fail, COVID's a great reason to get out. Good excuse, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? But <laughs> honestly, excuse. I thought about it too. I honestly, I'm telling you, I thought about it. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this financially with nine employees. And is this my tap out moment? Yeah. I had this thought in my head, like, do I want it? Do I want to keep doing this? Fair and enough. Quickly, the answer was 100% this makes me feel happy and it makes me feel fulfilled in my life. It's the best thing I have to do in my life is my work and my family, of course. Now, one of the things that you did as soon as COVID did kick in, you, you rounded up the troops, you rounded up the people around you, you started a, a, a movement and uh, got a lot of speakers together and, and getting people around. Talk to us about Happiness Co. What does it do for businesses? Because I dare say right now you were busy pre-COVID I would say that your business now would be in great demand because I, we we need to we need what you've got. Yep, yep. And happiness goes simple forms is think about peak performance versus personal performance. Yeah. Greatest analogy I can give you is think about a great sporting side. Yep. Uh, think about some football players that have struggled with their mental health in the last few years. Throw some out at me, Tom Boyd. Well, I, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna raise the North Melbourne football coach who is is in the media right mm-hmm. now as we yep. speak, and and I mean obviously media has to be very careful when mm. it talks about these kind of issues because they they're very delicate. They are, and also too, uh, the circumstances are you know sometimes can't be divulged, but um, yeah, the, it's serious issues when you're high profile, you're in yeah. in a big pressure space. People do. Well, Magic Door is another one, right? Magic Door is yeah. So the greatest, greatest way to think about it is personal versus peak. Yeah. So they are incredibly talented individuals. So people like yourself that are talented at what they do. Well, some more, are more talented yeah. than others, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Lana Hill. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that point, Thank mate. you. Definitely. Didn't Thank have to you, agree too easily. Um, but if you think that you, when you're good at something, you put a lot of time and attention into it. That's why you become good at it, right? Yeah. There's that 1% of people that are just good naturally. Everyone else works really hard for it. So- Peak performance is that working on your craft for long periods of time. What Happiness Co. works on is personal performance. Yep. Because these athletes struggle individually. 
How many CEOs do we know that have a lot of money that struggle individually? So How many true. mums do we know have mummy guilt? How many dads do we know have daddy guilt? So we actually work on the personal performance, which is, is it sustainable? Yep. And is it leading to you believing you're a good person? And that comes down to this one question we always ask people, which is, if you lived your life by this basic principle, I wonder how your life would look. This one principle. Live the way you want to be remembered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, look at that unison. <laughs> and, but I wonder if people ask themselves that question, would the answer be yes? Would they even know what it meant? And would they even know how they wanted to be remembered? I'm not talking about when you die. I'm talking about when we leave here today after yep. this hour. How would you guys remember this conversation with me? How would I remember it with you? We always have a, a chance to make an impact. So Happiness Co. works in the things that we mention as personal performance, self-esteem, self-confidence, authenticity. Are you living from your values? And do you have meaning? Meaning is everything. It Without is. meaning, you don't have much. <sighs> this is good. This I is know. Got, we've just had... Shivers down the spine. <laughs> now, talk to me a little bit about Robbie and uh, people like Matt that are in your organisation. They're your... They're your big supporters, they're your big colleagues, they're the people that make all this happen with you. Because it's not just all about Julian Pace, is it? It's not. Honestly, the, the, the success that I've had in uh, you know the last four to five years of, is on the back of absolute champions. And I mean that. Like They yeah. are ruthless and they are uh, driven and they are hungry to make a difference. And what I've learned definitely in, in being a CEO and a, and a business owner is I'm not the best in the world CEO and I'm not the best world business owner. I'm very bad at it actually. I don't really enjoy it, but where they step in is they help me in my weak spots and my blind spots, and yeah. they are incredible. But I think one of the things that you have to look for is people that truly have a, a reason to wake up in the morning to make a difference in someone else's life. Julian, like, that's a great strength of yours, though, to actually recognise and realise your weaknesses and strengths. So a lot of people out there don't get it, Lana. Sometimes they just <laughs> think, oh, because you are a CEO or MD, that you're supposed to be good at everything. Yep. Uh, and when it comes to media too, this is this is the old crazy thing, is that you know you can be the CEO or MD, you're not necessarily the best media spokesperson for no, it because your delivery, true, your commentary, everything like that. Um, it's yeah, you've you've got good people around you. And for everyone listening right now that has their own business, then the people that you have around you make the process so much more enjoyable and yep. I remember start of COVID uh, this thing about going around was business hibernation and I knew that was an option for happiness co mm. lock up the doors you know secure uh, my wage lock down until it's over yeah um, and we didn't know how long or long I was going to go on for but there was one thing I immediately moved away from very quickly was having that in my mind. Yeah. To me, there was no choice that would be hibernation. I was no, never going to give away and give up the nine people that helped me build it. Yeah. Because to me, that wouldn't be living for my values. Oh, it's, so, like, it's, like looking, it's like looking in a mirror, Julian, except you're, <laughs> I've got one of those warped mirrors here that <laughs> give off a very different view. But, you know, I agree with you totally, 100%. One of our big messages at Media Stable was don't get in your bunker. So yes. we, we refer to mm. the bunker yep. uh, being that. And it's the natural thing that many will do, particularly in a communication space, that, you know, you might not see that your level of expertise is relevant for a pandemic or a COVID. I think everyone's expertise is relevant right now. And if you're not up out and out of your bunker, I don't think you're going to get out of it. No, true. Yeah. And empower your people. I think give them a sense of responsibility that is beyond just their day-to-day -day tasks. Yeah. yeah. I remember just saying to the guys, I, I just walked in the next day after that 80% of revenue that we lost on that Monday. 
And I just said to them, I actually don't know how we're going to get through this, but I'm committed to you guys in it if you guys are committed to me in it. Yeah. Would you get an instant? Instant yeah. instant buy-in. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I guaranteed their jobs were safe as long as we could afford to open the doors. If I, I said, if Happiness Co. goes bankrupt and we all stay employed, we'll do that together. And, and, and Lana, that is the point of communication, I think. And, we, you know, this is a media show for sure, but even just communicating internally, yeah. such an important thing, particularly coming from the top and talking with your people. This has been a time where communications change. And when you are at the top, communicate with your people. They're going to appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It's more important than ever, I think. Yeah. And yeah, as you say, internal communication as well as external communication. But I think, yeah, that uncertainty obviously drove a lot of uh, a lot of changing behaviours. Now, I, it is a media podcast here, Julian, <laughs> and we've, you, you've got us, you, again, with your storytelling and your good <laughs> shoes, you've really won us over. But I really want to ask you a quick couple of quick fire questions around media. You've, you've been in radio, television, print, online media, you've done, you've been pretty much everywhere in fact very rare I don't turn on a radio and I don't hear your voice but <laughs> what what media has been your preferred that you work with are you are, is there is there a preferred one or do you like it all I guess depending what it is that you're working on at the time yeah so I think it's relevant to project uh, and what it is that you want to share and I think if you if you every, I think everyone has a voice and I think everyone has something that's worthy of sharing. It's finding what platform is the best for that voice and that share. Great point. So radio sometimes is really good because you get extended periods of time Yep. to share that message. And you get to understand tonality. When you're telling a story, people can hear that through the radio so they can be on a journey with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, the newspaper is great to get some great key information about what you're up to and, and, and the information that comes with that. But it's a shorter piece, right? You know, you're lucky if you get a half piece and I've been grateful to have a few half pieces and they yeah. actually give some tangible information. But yeah. space in a newspaper is 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 critical. So yeah. depending what you're looking at, but my preferred one would, I would say, be radio. Yeah. Only because it's a longer format. I feel like it's a bit more about a relationship and you're talking to people listening. Yeah. When you're on TV, it's like a bit sometimes you don't know who's Sam on the body. other side. You don't and, know who, and very sound body, short snippets. But You've got a bigger story to tell. TV's, yeah. <laughs> and if you want a longer runway, you need probably radio. But I do like TV. I, right. I like TV, and this is probably a bit silly, but I like when I get a messages uh, from all my footy mates. You know, <laughs> give, give me shit. Yeah. You know, because like, you know, you know, before this, this life as a speaker, I you know, was just a guy playing football and just living my life. And now I get, you know, the text from my mates and like pretty boy and all keeping this kind of nice boots and keep me humble. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it's good though. Such it's, an it's Aussie thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Julian, if there was anything that you, uh, as an expert and a commentator and a speaker in your own right, if someone was sort of doing something similar to you, they're, they're looking to engage media, what advice would you give them? There's one bit of advice I could give. Uh, it's to be brave regardless of outcome. Love it. I, I think that there is one quality that is not used as enough with people, it's being brave. Yes. And brave of outcome because if you know the outcome, then you're always going to hedge your bets. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not brave if you know the outcome. Exactly. It's like going to roulette and knowing you're going to get black. And exactly. of course you're going to put 100000 on. <laughs> but being brave means that, you know what, regardless of this outcome. Can I go to that roulette table yeah. just quietly? <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. So in media, I know yep. it can be scary. I know it can be fearful. You're sharing your story. You're, you're being seen for the first time maybe. And there's a lot of fear about what people think of you. But if you can be brave enough to make the choice still, and there will always be someone that will take away what you said and maybe impact their life for the better. 
Great, great words. And I'm really, really pleased that Leslie DeLemi, uh, formerly uh, Tailored Resources, who we've had on the podcast, we called you out on that. And uh, she was brave enough to mention your name and we were brave enough to, to shame you to come back on here. But no, Julian, <laughs> awesome, awesome podcast. Feel like I got a lot out of that, Lana. Oh, so much. Yeah, I mean, I feel we could have sat here for another half an hour, but, but we've got to go to the news. And <laughs> this made up news that we've got to go to is maybe ju- we should do that one day. We probably should. <laughs> Julian, if anyone wants to find out about Happiness Co., how do we do that? Uh, all the normal social platforms Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. TikTok, if you guys are into TikTok, oh, get around my. the TikTok. And oh, wow. More, no. <laughs> more importantly, <laughs> www.happinessco.org. And, and you're up and about talking, speaking at the moment? Well, we're well doing, in Western Australia, yeah, you are. Doing a lot of schools, doing a lot of corporates, a lot of mining, but we're also doing a lot of in, still. We've, we're, we're, our company started in the individual space, so the people are just looking at finding some more individual happiness and reach out and we'd love to help. Good awesome. work. Awesome. Thank you, Julianne Pace. Thank you, Lana Hill. Thank you, Dick Hayes. And if you want to know a little bit more about the Experts Podcast, head over to mediastable.com.au. And we look forward to having your company next week when we chat to another media or another expert. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.